If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ready! Set! This is the Ready, Set, Podcast, and here's your host, me, Joe Persinger. What's going on, everyone? How are we doing this week? Klaus, cut the music, bro. What's going on here? Thank you, sir. So how's our week going? Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It is Ready, Set, Podcast. Thanks for subscribing. If you're listening to it on YouTube, don't forget to hit the little bell button if you want to get notifications. Uh, Sent to your phone, or if uh, you'd like to follow us on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, what's the other one I use? Spreaker, that would be it. Um, all right, well, let's, let's get to it here. Um, now, first, before we jump into everything here, let, let, I just want to know, how the hell is your week going? Mine's been going pretty good, but uh, what the hell is going on in our country? I mean, we really live in a fucked up society right now. Okay, so we'll start with the media. Spreading one-sided news that is reporting on items that only narrates a specific agenda? We've already busted NBC being the political arm of the Democrat Party. We talked about that last week, about that tweet thread. CNN hosted a Democrat primary debate in 2016 and was feeding questions to their CNN contributor, Donna Brazil, who was also the DNC's vice chair back in 2016, who was also turning, in turn giving these questions to then-candidate Hillary Clinton. The media is a disaster right now, and they are fucking crazy if they think when this current administration leaves office that all of a sudden people are going to start buying back into their bullshit, if you will. Sorry if I'm screaming into the mic here. The real story here isn't the media treating the president or lying to the majority of the... Let me start that over. The real story here isn't how the media treats the president or doesn't treat the president or how they treat the speakership or the Senate minority leadership or how they don't, however you want to put it, wherever you may stand. The print section of the media is flatlining. Broadcast news in small and large markets altogether are flailing their arms to death. That's me flapping my, my arms if you can't see, and you can't because this is recorded. Come on, Joe. They knew that. You got cable news that's doing okay. They're really the only ones pulling any decent numbers, but who can you trust? The lady fee- feeding Clinton questions a few years ago is now a contributor at Fox News. Wrap your head around that. Oh, my mic's all fucked up. And then we got the Democrats. Where to begin? How about trying to shape this this Russian narrative, which feeds, in, feeds into the fake news media we were just talking about? But then they only fall right on their faints, faints. They only fall right on their face and then turn this into a congressional 
fuck-fest orgy of hearings based on accusation and lies. But if Nadler and Shifty Shift want to start their version of a Nixonian's enemy list, all I'm going to say there is that didn't end well for Mr. Richard Nixon. Or let's talk about the Speaker of the House letting progressives run rampant with dumbass ideas like nationalizing the energy industry and espousing anti-Semitic rhetoric and tropes. Are those the same thing? Tropes and rhetoric, rhetoric, tropes, tropes, rhetoric. Anyway, and really quickly here, the Senate leadership has decided instead of cutting deals on DACA, excuse me, I'm going to uh, readjust that. The Senate minority leadership has decided, that's the Democrats if you don't understand what I'm saying here, instead of cutting deals for DACA, for border, so in other words, so instead of saying, hey, we got this crisis down south, we'll give you a deal on DACA for border security or vice versa if you're a Republican. How about partnering on tax cuts and infrastructure? They think no. No deal is better than a deal. What? Huh? Jesus Christ. What are these people doing? The Democrat Party. Yeah, I said, no, no, let me say that again. The Dumbocrat Party. Democrat, Dumbocrat, however you want to pronounce it, is so deranged with TDS, that's Trump Derangement Syndrome, they can't even get out of their own way. But Joe, they took the house back. They've got Trump in a corner. Well, how did they get there, folks? Which one of you bozos actually knows that? Come on, you motherfuckers. Let's, let, let's see the emails. I bet there isn't going to be one coming, and I'm not going to read it either. Well, I'm going to tell you, just because you fuckers can't email me fast enough. So this is what the Democrats did to take control of the House. Now, I'm going to need you to listen here really closely. Their main strategy in taking back the House wasn't going into these rural congressional districts that bleed red like all Americans do. They decided to go into the suburbs, into these swing districts outside of, we'll call them metropolises. Metropoli? Anyway. So the whole idea here is we're going to go after these moderate suburban congressional districts that swing red or blue depending on the fucking wind, essentially. I think I'm going to get rid of that one. Essentially, it's got to get taken out of the old vocab. So these people were a, basically a mixed bag of socioeconomic families with responsibilities. You know, parents with kids, parents not living off the government, parents with dual incomes, parents that have to drive their kids places, parents that have soccer practice, etc., etc., etc. These people were basically promised Trump's balls on a platter for the last two years, especially last fall. They said, hey, you vote me in. I'll have it on a nice silver platter here for you. Some were fed more moderate themes and talking points that would fall into the category as we don't have an issue with that man being Trump, but we will hold him accountable. So these people get elected to about 40. They, they get elected and take 40 of these seats away from the Republicans, thrusting them into the majority in the House. But do these newly elected moderate freshmen represent the high-tax idea, ideas of AOC or the vulgar language from Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat out of Detroit area? How about the numerous anti-Semitic tropes 
rhetoric, tropes, rhetoric, tropes, rhetoric, tropes, whichever. Tropes. Ilhan Omar is barking out consistently. And then there's, of course, I think just today or yesterday it just came out that she was dumbing down 9-11. Oh, some event that happened. Jesus Christ. But it's okay. We don't have to worry about that. Our see you next Tuesday Speaker of the House took her out of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Except that she didn't. But our next Tuesday special speaker took these moderates and placed them in committees to show her appreciation for her rise to power again. Nope. Not only has she turned her back on them, but this swing group has been protested at town halls by their own constituents because of these, what the Democrats are doing. Now, getting booed at one of your own town halls isn't bad enough. What else is our special next Tuesday speaker doing? Well, she's denied them plum positions on committees and subcommittees. I mean, she basically gave a spot to the foreign affairs on the foreign affairs committee to Ilhan Omar. She speaks very, very poorly about Jewish people, and she gets to keep her spot. And then if all that wasn't enough, when these group of Democrats got together and said, we need what was it, what did they wanted to do? They wanted to sign a resolution that basically condemned what Ilhan Omar said. But then when you got all the Democrats together, it was basically they basically took these 40 moderates who wanted to condemn her because they had to go back to these districts and say, yeah, look, we did something here. Nope, the Democrat Party basically forced them to sign a watered-down version of a resolution that was originally going to condemn her, but was changed back to a broad condemnation of hate, which is far from what it had started. Now, I'm not shitting on that. You know, hey, all hate is bad. But when you take something, let me put it this way. Let's say that dickhead you work with finally got in trouble, and the manager said, I'm going to write your ass up. And then, for some reason, when him and the rest of the management team get together, instead of writing up that one dickhead, they just write all of you up. These districts aren't – these moderate swing districts aren't like the districts AOC or Rashida Tlaib or Ilhar Oman won. These districts are swing districts with Republicans and Democrats who have responsibilities and aren't in the mood and in getting into a shouting match with a Congress – Attempting to take out the rich while propping up the poor. In fucking sanity. And, and this brings me to my last point here. This is where it's all going to come together, I promise. Because I'm telling you, people, this world is going to fucking hell. Why do all the rules that we have built in society go out the window in a gym locker room? The other day I'm at the gym, taking a piss. I don't bring my phone into the bathroom. It's a little gross. So it's in the locker room, but not in the bathroom. There's a ledge in the locker room that faces the mirror in the bathroom, so I can see it no matter if I'm washing my hands, peeking over my shoulder while I'm taking a piss, which you really can't do because that's just fucking weird if you make eye contact with someone. That's just a little hidden or uh, inside knowledge for you ladies that never get to walk amongst us men for probably various reasons. Okay, I'm just going off on a weird tangent here. Back to the story at hand. So I can see my phone in the mirror no matter where uh, what I'm doing in the bathroom. So I'm taking a piss at the urinal, and next to the urinal is a stall. And I'm just minding my own business, listening to some Bill Burr. Oh, jeez. And uh, all of a sudden I hear this knocking sound. 
I can feel the reverberations coming off the, the wall. I'm thinking, was the guy in the stall need some toilet paper? I can't spare a square. Can't pay, I literally can't spare a square. I don't have a square to spare. Can't spare the square. So I'm a little annoyed because I'm taking a piss. And now somebody needs something from me. Literally, I'm almost done. This can't wait. So trying to figure out what's going on, I pop out my earbuds. And I want it to be known I'm a little annoyed. So I remove my headphones. I go, what? And they ask me, is that your phone on the ledge over there? Really, it was, is that your phone over there, bro? I said, yes, it is. I said, oh, okay, because I, I was about to walk it up front to the front desk. I was like, thanks. Appreciate it. But it's mine. So here's my issue here. In this person's eye, does an accountable phone rise to the occasion of bothering someone while they're literally hand in dick, dick in hand, excuse me, mid-piss in a urinal? I don't think so, brother. Here's some motherfucking advice, cunt face. Fuck off people's phones. If you're so worried about it, go back to your workout. Do your chest, your arms. Do a little fly action. Do what you got to do. And if you got to go back to your locker, take a piss, and the phone's still sitting on the ledge, then you grab it and you take it to the front. Because all I'm hearing when you walk up to me and say, is that your phone, bro? Is I want to steal your phone, but I don't want to look like an idiot if I take it because it could possibly be yours. Yeah, that's what's going on, pal. Okay, anyway, so let's get to the... Looks like we got some uh, breaking news here. Well, not so breaking because this podcast plays once a week, but... Looks like our buddy Aaron Rodgers had a little article written about him from the Bleacher Report. And it was a long one. I'm not really going to go into the details of it. But basically what we're looking at here is Aaron Rodgers was basically the asshole. And as a Bears fan, you know, I probably really reveled in that in the same way a Republican would probably revel in what happened with the Star Report 20 years ago. Sorry if you're too young to understand that one. So, you know... Aaron Rodgers is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's the face of that franchise, you know, and a $30 million a year face of that franchise. And that report last Tuesday basically just kind of shed, you know, some of the drama that was going on between him, Mike McCarthy, and, and the locker room. But here's what I got from it. He's a snowflake. He folds like a napkin. And he's so soft, Anthony Barr was quoted as saying, I thought I was tackling the Pillsbury Doughboy mascot when he broke his uh, collarbone a few years ago. Apparently, it's made of bitter sugar cane, if you're wondering. Oh, wait, my bad. I read that wrong. It's not bitter. It's butter. 10 to 1 odds, Green Bay gets too cute, has a soft defense, and goes 8-8. Eight and eight. But they'll probably beat the Bears twice because when they play the Bears, it's a shit show for either team. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the truth there. All right, I think it's time for this. Okay, more breaking news. Thanks, Klaus. Uh, so apparently Olivia Jade, as we've reported here in the past, is extremely upset with her parents. She's Olivia was passionate about her career, and now everything she has built has imploded before her eyes, an insider told US, Us Weekly. She feels they ruined everything. Oh, my. 
So here we have someone who hasn't really lifted a finger her whole life. She's just been living off daddy's money in daddy's house using daddy's phone that he bought for her. And her parents try to give her a better life, albeit through the ways and means of the of road of an illegal road traveled, but the parents ruined your life? Life's so fucking hard from your million dollar estate and mansion, huh? So what does she do? Cry into her thousand dollar Egyptian cotton thread pillow? Who are we kidding? It was probably way more than that. I probably lowballed it. I mean, it's probably really ostrich feathers with some genetic engineered dinosaur feathers. But, Joe, it's super soft. Yeah, I bet. Like every person under 30 these days. Oh! All right, now it's time to get to... Jeez, Klaus, you're killing me with all this breaking news here. All right, so... We got... Ariana Grande won't label her sexuality despite rumors inspired by a new song. Okay. Ariana Grande has said she won't label her sex her won't like God Joe, can you fucking read? I'm not that smart, but I cannot read. Um Yeah, see I'm drawing a blank here. Ariana Grande has said she won't labor her label label her sexuality despite the rumors that were sparked by the release of her newest single, Monopoly, on Monday. Well, you got to give it to this lady, girl, woman, whatever she is. Does she even identify as a gender anymore? Who the fuck knows or cares? So she's figured out how to stay relevant. That's really all I took from this. I mean, go figure. What's next? She identifies as a tranny illegal from Honduras? What the fuck? You know, I, I really don't give a fuck. Uh, hold on here. I got Klaus bringing in a message. Uh, thank you, Klaus. Whoops, I dropped it. Hold on, let me pick it up here. All right, let's see. What do we got here? What's it say? Klaus, why do you got to fold this crap up? Come on. Okay. This is from my buddy Ken, who has uh, sent this to Ready, Set, Podcast, our P.O. Box. Not sure how we timed this out so perfectly, but it says, uh, please send all your emails in care of Ready, Set, Podcast to Joe Persinger. Okay, I see what happened there. All right, we're going to... Move on to our next segment here. We're going to do this. Motherfucker, are you kidding me? All right, last one here, I guess. Um, Beyonce declines offer from Reebok because pitch team lacked diversity. Well, this is bullshit. I mean, what did Jordan Peele say the other week or two ago that he wouldn't ever hire a white guy for one of his films because that's been done before? Well, Jordan Peele's a racist. And so is Beyonce. Are we going to pretend her old man wasn't an executive at a Fortune 500 company in Houston? The Reebok team doesn't reflect her values. And where where does she come from? I can't speak to the former, but the latter? Bish, you're a rich girl. Your daddy was rich. In fact, that bruh is so rich, he quit his job to manage your crappy band. So go fuck yourself. It's just that simple, Beyonce. Go fuck yourself. All right. Well, I'm giving up on the staff report because I'm afraid that... Okay, it didn't happen. So I'm actually interested on getting a woman's point of view on these last two uh, articles here. So uh, we're going to actually bring in my girlfriend, Nicole. You don't have a soundbite for her, Klaus? 
Okay, and we're here. Hi, Nicole. Hi, everybody. All right, so this is the first one we're going to jump into is uh, a story about Ariana Grande. Ariana. Whatever. Apparently, uh, she... I'm just gonna, You know what? I can't fucking do this with the article. She basically said she won't label her sexuality despite the rumors that were released of her newest single, Monopoly. What do you think about this? You want to talk about sexuality? Dang. Well, I mean... Diving right in. Basic, I just think it's interesting that she's going gender neutral right as one of her singles is being released. I think it's more her age and not wanting to define things. That's what uh, kids these days do, Joe. So this probably has nothing to do with her trying to stay relevant. I think that's a very cynical way of looking at oh, it. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm a cynical kind of guy. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. So that's all you got there. This is going to be a very I mean, short segment at this rate. I love Ari, so I don't want all right, well then, how about we go over to uh, Beyonce? <laughs> oh, I don't like Beyonce. Oh, wait, no, this is a fun one. I didn't even touch. I didn't touch this one. Sorry for blowing everyone's ears out here. Um, I didn't talk about this one. So Jeff Franklin, remember him? No. Fuller House uh, guy, the guy who created. Well, Lord, oh, he, right. he didn't create. He was a producer, but. Okay, what did he do? So he bought the house from okay. that Fuller House. Remember, remember when you watch Fuller House, how they have those like really cool angled shots of the girls waving by the door. They yeah. got that because he bought the house okay. uh, before they started Fuller House. So apparently, I well, this isn't really what the article was about, but what they it did come up that he wanted to like redo the inside of the house, kind of make it look more similar to um, what the full house looked like or whatever. Okay. And he got the permit for it, and he got this permit in San Francisco, which you know how I feel about that city. I know. Uh, so you know that that's a lot of red tape to cut through. And then, apparently, what happened was, I guess his neighbors figured out or heard what he was going to do because it brought building permits probably went up, and they got some fancy lawyer to basically argue that they weren't notified in time or something like that. I mean, that might be not entirely accurate, but that was kind of what the pretense of their defense was, was that, hey, you guys didn't notify that us that you gave him the okay to do this. So the board's like, you know what? You're right. He shouldn't have the right to uh, you know, do whatever he wants to his own home. This is more of a libertarian uh, stance than Republican. If anyone's out there being like, "Oh fuck this guy," you know. But point is, you know, they, they're like, "No, you can't do that." So he's like, "Fuck this, I'm selling the house." It was weird. Like, what were? I don't understand what they were arguing. Like, because like they weren't like notified in time of construction. Like, so like their lives would be inconvenient. So this guy can't. Well, they is also that what they, they also there's like, well, people like to take pictures in front of the house too. And it's very disturbing, which I kind of understand that part of it. But I don't see what the interior of the house has to do with that side of the argument. Aww. I mean, you It's kind of like when you move next to a baseball field. It's like you know what you signed up for. It's like yeah. people that live next to Wrigley Field that complain about all the traffic on game days. It's like, well, dude, you, you, you saw that big ballpark structure when you moved in there into the neighborhood, right? Yeah, and you also own a big expensive piece of property you can sell and go somewhere else. If you can't hear her, it's because she refuses to lean into the mic. Is this better? That's a lot better. I missed that statement because I was too busy making fun of you. No. Right, Story so, of our relationship. Okay, so we're moving on then. <laughs> Going back to kind of what we were talking about, where is it here? Uh, so Beyonce apparently declined an offer from Reebok because – hold on. That's my version of it. 
That's probably a little skewed, to be honest with you. What I'm, I'm looking for the article. Well, this is the Daily Wire, so any liberal will tell you it's already skewed as is, but it's not. This is as new, real as news as you're going to get these days. Uh, where is it here? Okay. Uh, and it's also sourcing stuff from ESPN, so there you go. She had a meeting at Reebok, and they had a whole presentation of everything, potential products, how this could look, how all – I can't read for shit – how this could all look, and she kind of took a step back and said, is this the team that would be working on my product? And somebody said, yes, ma'am. And she said, nobody in this, room, in this room reflects my background, my skin, my color, and where I'm from, and what I want to do. And she kind of took a step back and left the room and did not come to terms. And then apparently she took a deal with Adidas. So I'm curious. You know, you're a, you're a Bay fan, aren't you? Not really, but you like your stuff and. Not really. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> you you are you're clearly a fan. You're not in the camp that's not a fan. I mean, I agree with her decision to not go with. So. Wait, what? Was Reebok is that what it was? Adi- uh, Reebok was one offering her. Yeah, and I agree she with said, "Fuck you, I'm going with Adidas." Well, her background. So I, what is her background? Oh, shit. I'm not getting that didn't break. Uh, I mean, as a person of color, I think it's important for her. From Houston, Texas. Well, still a person of color. Whose dad worked at a Fortune 500 company. Who's still a person of color who has the opportunity to oh, speaking of opportunities, employ he, other people of color that might not have the he, same opportunity. He also had the opportunity to quit his job to manage his daughter's band. Well, yeah, because his daughter was mad talented. Is mad talented. So, so here we have a woman claiming she's of color, who's probably lived no, with, no, before she was. No, no, no. Okay, you're right. But I meant claiming that these people don't represent her background. These are probably all at best middle class people. And I can guarantee you, she probably had more of a better upbringing than eighty percent of the people that were sitting in that room with her. Yeah, but she's not. I doubt she's talking about her. Uh, her upbringing, literally. She's talking about the... Of course, I got rid of the article. Her upbringing as a black woman in America. And she's in a position to represent other black women in America that don't have the same opportunities. That heavy breathing was nubs, not me, just so you know. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I really, I can't argue with that. I just, it, it's, I just think that everything these days is about social class and not race, and people want to make it about the latter when everything is really about the former. That's kind of where I take it. Oh, I know. It's more of a social economic argument than it really is about skin color, but people want to make it about skin color because apparently, like sex, it sells. Uh, what? Well, it's true, <laughs> though. I don't think it's so much that it sells, it's that it it's does. a big, it's a hot topic. Well, I mean, it, 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 it sells clicks, and that's the only thing keeping the, the media alive these days. I mean, your boy Trump's doing a good job keeping the media alive. I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a very independent podcast. <laughs> I'm really glad it's not live, because there's a, I'm beaming ear to ear right now. Uh, <laughs> So this is actually I probably have to read the article for this one. I was we were talking about this earlier. Um, so uh, it's kind of a nerdy baseball thing, but it's not too too out of the the realm. And I would talk about you, just people in general who's probably listening to this. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, so our I guess speaking of Trump tax cuts 2.0 that were passed a few years ago. Oh, yeah. um, so 
up to this point, you know, if you know, Bert wanted to trade me a microwave that was worth fifty bucks, and I had something that was worth a hundred, uh, we can make that trade, no questions asked. Well, that has changed now. So basically, if you trade something again, this I'm not gonna go too crazy into detail here, but okay, we'll put it this way. So if I traded a fifty dollar piece of equipment for a hundred dollar piece of equipment, I realized a fifty dollar gain. But I was not taxed. Not taxed. Same went for me trading a contract worth five million for one for ten million. Trading players does not create a taxable event. But this changed with this new ta this tax law. So they're basically so all of these major all these professional sports teams are kind of like oh oh Jesus to steal that from Bill Burr. Um, Let's see. So what the IRS has done is they called – it provided a safe harbor allowing professional sports teams to treat a certain player and staff member contracts and draft picks as having zero value for determining a loss to be recognized on the trade. Player. Long story short, you're not getting taxed for trading assets through that have contracts. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But really that's just a guess about me and wanting to just get down into the story. You probably really don't give a crap about any of that. No, sir. But uh, what was that server story issue you had earlier you are telling me about? That's kind of oh, what I was going to segue to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, convention center across from the hotel I work at, and there's a fitness convention going on currently, and that's brought a lot of meatheads to the restaurant. I would say a lot of them need to keep their roid rage to themselves, if you know what I mean. Well, what happened? Well... Another server's table was frustrated that their hard-boiled eggs were taking 20 minutes to cook, which, understandable, but they did ask for a dozen hard-boiled eggs. Anyway, when I brought the hard-boiled eggs to him, trying to be helpful, he ripped them out of my hands, and being a large, muscled man, I did not appreciate that, and gave him a very stern look. You and a very sarcastic thank you. You should have told him to go fuck himself. Well, I mean, if I didn't need a job, I would. Uh, don't like the way you're looking at me right now. I mean, you know, <laughs> if this podcast takes off, I'm not going to be working much longer, you know? Well, we'll see about that. YouTube's not a big fan of me. <laughs> that's why I had to go. Like That's why your intro music was something I recorded live with two idiot friends uh, a few. What was that, talented. 2005? Yeah, right. Uh, all right, well, I had a story, but I don't really feel like telling it, because it's not as going to be as adventurous as that. And I plus we you it wasn't too adventurous. Well, we hit the 30-minute mark, so that's oh, really... Oh, you bring me into the last two minutes. I is see. that all it was? felt like it was a lot longer than that. Mm, maybe five. Well, you want to keep going? No. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be able can to. Always do, you can always do next week's episode You don't have me. any more Ariana Grande episodes? Or no, that was a week-old story, and there's really not much more going on. Ooh, I do have some pop culture news. All right, let's hear it. In 13 days, that would be April 26, 2019, T-Swift, also known as uh, Taylor Swift, might be releasing a new album. She oh, just uh, nice. released a countdown on Instagram. So no one knows what this countdown is? Well, we can kind of guess that it's a new album because she did this, similar actions Instagram-wise, uh, when she released her Reputation album, which was... Fantastic, full of smash singles. And 
Oh, so in addition to changing her cover photo on her Instagram to a pastel-type light color scheme, she wrote recently, she's turning 30 this year, she's six months younger than me to the day. I don't know if you knew this. I did not. Um, so she did, I think it's Elle magazine, she did a uh, 30 things I've learned in my 30 years or something like that. And the 26th, the 26th thing on that list was how she likes to make countdowns for things she's excited about. 26th, as in April 26th. All right, all right. Sounds don't like lose a flat me. earther don't, right now. Don't lose me yet. I don't know if you know, but Taylor Swift's lucky number is also 13. Like, mine is also 13. Well, today is April 13th. In 13 days, it's April 26th. And her favorite thing is making lists. So that means she's releasing an album. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope. What, Fingers crossed. What if this is just like her way of staying relevant, like Grande? The girl. I mean, she could be selling T-shirts at the end of this 13-day countdown. I'd still be excited. I'd still buy a T-shirt. So that's kind of what the point is. Well, yeah, it's working. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, so you made that easy. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I made it easy. I think she earned it. I guess. I don't know. Steve's sister likes Taylor Swift. Everybody likes Taylor Swift, Joe. Mm. Get with the times. Her, her fans are like, aren't they almost like 30 now? She's got fans of all types. Young and older. Gay. And gay and tranny. straight. Trans. All kinds. How come you can't say tranny? What's wrong with tranny? Because that's something in a car. <laughs> Show sis. <laughs> but, but granny is okay. Granny? Yeah, Granny Rack Rover by a reindeer. Doop, 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 doop. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, Christmas carols from the past, I wouldn't start on that. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, you know, rapist culture. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I am. Yeah, tranny's not okay, Joe. Unless you're talking about the transmission in my car that needs to be replaced. No, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with the, with the word tranny, regardless if you're referring to someone that thinks that something they aren't, or if it's the thing in your car that's about to blow up when you drive it more than 20 minutes. That's why I can never get down to Sarasota. <sighs> um, there's plenty wrong with it, Joe. Yeah. All right, well, that sounds like we should end the podcast on a note like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Hopefully I'll be here next week. Uh, Oh, geez. Well, hopefully we'll get have enough time to get that episode with Kenny recorded soon. I don't know about that, Ken. All right. Well, Klaus, hit us with some music. I'll see you guys next week, and uh, thanks for listening. See you later, you fucks. Thanks for listening to the Ready, Set Podcast. Check us out next week, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and look for us on our YouTube channel, Ready, Set Podcast. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.